Support for this broadcast of Two Rivers 30 Minutes comes in part from a grant from Striffler's Family Funeral Homes. From TubeCityOnline.com, this is Two Rivers 30 Minutes, a weekly series of interviews with people making news around the McKeesport area. Produced by Tube City Community Media Incorporated, a nonprofit corporation. I'm Jason Toger, the executive director. On this show, we talk one-on-one with elected officials, community leaders, and others who are trying to make a difference in the Monoc area. And we also take your questions and comments on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. Our guest this morning is someone who's currently engaged on a really fascinating project with a former McKay supporter, Dwayne Michaels, the internationally known photographer and filmmaker. He is Stephen Seeley. He's part of a video collective, and he is part of Silver Lake Films in Pittsburgh. He's currently working on a documentary documentary project, but that really undersells it uh, with Dwayne Michaels. Good morning, Stephen. Good morning. Good morning. So tell us, first of all, what you're working on with Dwayne Michaels. Well, um, I first met Dwayne in 2004, and... Uh, I produced a documentary called Dwayneland, and uh, Dwayne and I have remained friends ever since then. And about four years ago, three years ago, actually, he he decided that he wanted to do something really important for McKeesport, and that's gone through a number of iterations. Um, and uh, as he started that project, I began documenting it. And that will be um, uh, wrapped up hopefully within the next two years in a film. I don't want to call it a documentary. I'll call it a movie uh, called uh, The Wizard of McKeesport. <laughs> and we should mention that Dwayne is, grew up in McKeesport, became a world traveler, self-taught photographer, became a fashion photographer and magazine photographer for in the really the golden age or the end of the golden age of the, the big giant glossy magazines in the 60s and 70s, and then sort of reinvented himself again as an art photographer, and now in his late 80s, early 90s, reinvented himself again making movies. Yeah, and I I think it's important to uh, know that uh, on February the 18th of this year, Dwayne will be 92 years old. And in point of fact, he is self-taught. He... um, decided at some point as a graphic artist that he was going to take a trip to Russia when he realized that you could do it as a uh, tourist. And the photographs that he took there really put him in front of both critics and, uh, as you just mentioned, the magazine publishers at the time, which led into a really wild career. And I think the other thing to keep in mind with Dwayne is he is a contemporary of Warhol. Um, same kind age. Of friendly rivals, I guess. Was that the right way to say it? I would say, but I, I, I think the, the rivalry, oh, I don't know, maybe the uh, rivalry is somewhat overblown. They were not competitors. Um, Dwayne was never uh, seeking to be a uh, print medium artist. Um, nor I don't think was Dwayne ever really interested in fame for fame's sake. But uh, he liked Andy a lot. He enjoyed his company. He loved Andy's mother, um, who who Andrew lived with. Um, And although there there are, I don't know, maybe some 
um, it's a hard word to come up with. I don't want to say there's a rivalry at all because I, I think in 92, he's beyond being rivals he's, with he's anyone. He's some interesting stories, though, and I think they were two children of Eastern European immigrants, grew up in Western Pennsylvania. Both Dwayne has talked about. It's, it's not a secret that Dwayne is gay. Um, go to New York City, become famous or, or well-known in the art community. So I would have imagined that they had lots to talk about around uh, the kitchen table sometimes. I know he's talked about going to Andy's for lunch. Well, uh, that's true. And uh, uh, they shared a lot of things in common. Uh, Warhol grew up in South Oakland, which was a um, middle-class, working-class community in Pittsburgh. Um, he grew up in a Slovak neighborhood, Slovak community, Slovak Catholic, attend a church there. Um, uh, Dwayne grew up in McKeesport, a uh, Slovak family. Um, they, had, they had more in common than most people do that are from two entirely different cities. Uh, but they also shared um, a, a, a growing and artistic sensibility through attending art classes at the Carnegie Museum. We'll get back to that in a minute because I, I want to talk more about this this really interesting project that you have been engaged with now for a couple of years uh, with Dwayne Michaels. But l l I want to focus on your work. Mm -hmm. uh, Stephen Seeley is our guest. He is a, a filmmaker who has retired from commercial work. You also, for a while, had a role with the Consortium for Public Education, didn't you? In yeah, I was the uh, uh, co-executive director. And um, <clears throat> prior to that, I actually was an advertising executive. And um, I, one of the reasons that I met Duane actually was because I was doing some research for a grant that I was writing. And I came across his name and did a little bit of investigating. And I have to say I was blown away. I had no idea that um, someone of his stature um, was from McKeesport. Yeah, you can find out more about uh, Stephen's work, by the way, by going to videoconsortium.org or going to silverlakefilms.org. Whereabouts uh, did you grow up? Where was home for you? Uh, well, I, uh, um, I was born in Pittsburgh and Lawrenceville. Um, early years were spent in uh, Vandegrift, Pennsylvania. And then my father took a school teaching job in Yukon, Pennsylvania, sure. which is a small coal mining patch. Mm -hmm. Uh, in Westmoreland County. Mm -hmm. And and what do you remember about growing up in Yukon? How old were you when you were in Yukon? I was about five years old. I just okay. started first grade. Okay. And um, uh, one distinct memory is most of the town at that time still did not have indoor plumbing. <laughs> Where did you go on from then? Did you go to high school there? And it was I went to high school near there, high school, yeah, or? South Huntington Township South High School, okay. and then went to the University of Pittsburgh. And um, I, every time I walk, we're at the University of Pittsburgh right now, and every time I walk into this building, I always reflect on the amazing impact it had on my life. What did you major in? I was an uh, English major. What detracted you to the University of Pittsburgh in the first place? Um, it was easy to get to. <laughs> and they welcomed me. Were you still living out in the country then, or did you I move was, into town? No, I was living out in the country. Okay. And uh, moved here when I was uh, 18 years old, moved okay. back to Oakland. What, what then, once you graduated from the University of Pittsburgh, where did your path take you? 
Uh, that was a um, uh, oh, that was a long path. Uh, I've been uh, a still worker, a social worker, a grant writer, um, and then I became a commercial filmmaker. And when I say commercial filmmaker, I mean I made television commercials okay. for many years. Okay. Many years. We're talking with Stephen Seeley. Uh, you can find him at silverlakefilms.org. He's currently engaged on a project with uh, McKeesport native Dwayne Michaels that is documenting uh, Dwayne's attempt in his 90s to leave a permanent legacy in his hometown. I, I should mention, too, that uh, Dwayne was in McKeesport fairly recently. He gave a standing room only talk at the uh, McKeesport Regional History and Heritage Center and, and showed off uh, some films that he has been making recently. I, I want to get more into your uh, commercial work, but uh, tell me a, a little bit about um, your storytelling philosophy. You came here to, to major in English. You have become, you, you told stories through commercials, but now you're telling more documentary uh, film stories. Uh, and, and you are a very avid photographer. Yeah, I am. <clears throat> um, I, I enjoy what I'm doing right now, which is um, focusing my efforts on doing um, films about people. And I, I'm, I currently have three projects in, in production. Um, the most interesting one, I will say, is uh, my continuing work with Dwayne. And um, uh, I speak to him almost on a daily basis. He lives in New York. I'm in Pittsburgh. Um, but uh, one of the things that we've been talking about, Jason, which I think is really fascinating, is um, communities change and people change. And um, Duane is very much centered right now on the concept of home. Um, considering that he's lived in New York for well over 50 years, he still considers McKeesport and by uh, virtue of proximity, Pittsburgh, his home. Um and we had a really interesting conversation the other day. Um, we were talking about some of the things that we should be including in the film and some of the things that we um, maybe should consider down the road in terms of bringing Dwayne back to the area and meeting with other people. And we kind of came to the conclusion that, you know, home is really about people. And when the people that we knew aren't there anymore, maybe we should readjust what our concept of home is. And I think that's particularly important for Dwayne right now when he thinks about leaving some sort of a mark in McKeesport that will draw attention to McKeesport as a community. And, you know, if, if you ask me what is UConn like as a community right now, I couldn't answer that question. And I don't know that Dwayne could actually answer that question about McKeesport right now. It's not the McKeesport that he remembers. No, of course not. Yeah. And and so we're we're in a, uh, a philosophical um, and enjoyable creative period right now where we're trying to figure out um, what the third act is going to be. Let's now, we, we know the first two. Yeah. Let's pause right there. We have a 30-second break to take. When we come back, let's talk a little bit more about this. And I, I'm actually I'm intrigued by your advertising work, and I want to know a little bit more uh, about some of, maybe some of the clients that you worked for and some of the adventures uh, that, that you had in the world of commercial advertising, okay? Mm-hmm. Stephen Seeley is an independent filmmaker and cinematographer. You can find more about his work at silverlakefilms.org. Stay tuned. 
We'll be right back. Support for this broadcast comes from Strifler's Family Funeral Homes. Since 1866, Strifler's has provided compassionate professional memorial services for families in White Oak, McKeesport, Dravosburg, Portview, and the surrounding areas. Strifler's offers comprehensive pre-planning services and aftercare. And through its affiliated company, Design Monuments, Strifler's also provides permanent markers and memorials crafted in stone, bronze, and other high-quality materials. Learn more at Strifler's.com or... Or call 412-678-6191. Stephen Seeley, who is an independent filmmaker and cinematographer uh, who has been active in the industry for about 40 years. I want to digress for just a minute. I want to ask about your adventures in commercial advertising. Who were some of the clients that you worked for? Um, in my professional career as a commercial filmmaker, um, I had clients such as True Value Hardware okay. um, and, and terms of national clients, uh, Aon Insurance, which is a name no one knows, but they're the people that actually insure insurance companies. They're a reinsurance They're company. reinsurance. Yeah. They're yeah. the big one, yeah. actually. Um, and uh, General Motors, so one of my major clients was uh, Chevrolet. And uh, I did the regional advertising for Chevrolet, so I made commercials uh, that were primarily shown all over the United States with sports figures. Most of whom I never knew. <laughs> you weren't there for the shoot, or no, I was there for just... the shoot. It's just that you know, it was interesting because they would say, "Oh, you're going to be dealing with so and so, NFL, blah blah." Yeah. And uh, I am not a football fan, okay. so I really didn't know who that was. But I will say, of all of the adventures I've had, and I've had a lot, one that I, I think about fondly is um, I was doing work for again Chevrolet. Uh, the product was Chevrolet Blazers, uh, and the talent was a remarkable woman named Rebecca Lobo, who um, uh, I, I believe was a major star at the University of Connecticut women's um, basketball. And uh, at the time that I made the commercials with her, she was with the WBA. Uh, but we shot the commercials in... Um, in Connecticut at uh, Martha Stewart's studio. And uh, this is actually two studios, and we were in the larger of the two because we had cars there. But next door, the model makers for Star Trek were actually <laughs> doing all of the animation and behind-the-scenes work for the Star Trek films. And it was really fascinating because we kind of wrapped around the same time of the evening and we all went to uh, have dinner together. And it was so fascinating listening to people that were in my field, but in a discipline that was so completely foreign to me. I follow you. We're talking with Stephen Seeline. Uh, you can find out more about him at silverlakefilms.org. I follow you on Facebook, and you are posting photos almost every day. Are you out uh, taking photographs almost every day? Every day. Yeah. yeah. Film, every digital, day. or both? Uh, I shoot um, uh, a 35-millimeter film every day, Tri-X at Antique. Yeah. Um, and I do it because it's a discipline. It's, it, unlike being in the digital world, which is extremely forgivable, uh, film photography is a very rigid discipline. And you really have to think about what you're doing. And so I don't post something every day, but maybe once a week I'll put okay. a photograph on there that I like. And eventually what I want to do is put these together in a book that 
I could share with my family. You do your own printing and processing? No, I do my processing in uh, California in a dark okay. room there, and the printing is done in uh, Connecticut, actually. Okay. What What do you enjoy about that? Because there there, there seems to be a, a small resurgence. I know there's a resurgence in, in instant photography. Someone has resurrected the Polaroid formula, and there's been a lot. You can buy Polaroid cameras again in Target, which surprises me. There seems to be a, a resurgence in interest. Why is that tactile film, that tactile print, so important? That's a really good question. And one of the things that I've discovered in my reading, it is actually 30-year-olds that are doing more of this than older people. Um, I mean, if you you follow some of the sales on eBay for obviously vintage cameras, it's interesting that the average purchaser is 28 years old. And um, obviously, there's people that grew up in the digital age for the most part. So uh, I don't know what their fascination with it is. But I just had um, uh, um, lunch yesterday with a young woman, uh, Joy Levier, who um, works at Pittsburgh in the uh, autonomous vehicle mm-hmm. sector. And she does all the video for them. And she just bought a new film camera. And I said to her, I said, Joy, what what? convinced you to do this and she said so many people her age and she's probably 30 uh, have now gotten into film photography i think one of the things and we'll get off this subject in a second in case anybody's worried that we won't uh what i think one of the things that fascinates me is that i have negatives that i shot when i was 16 17 years old that are still perfectly scannable are still perfectly readable that you can still make a perfectly good print mm-hmm. from. I've got digital photos that are 10 or 15 years old that I can't open anymore because I don't have the program that created it or I can't get to the hard drive that created it. And and the fact that this film negative, as long as it's kept properly and is stored properly, will still be visible 100 years, 200 years, 500 years from now, I think is, is it's much like analog records. I have 78 RPM records from the 1920s that are perfectly playable, and I have sound files that are 20 years old that I that are on CDs that I can't get to at all. I, I think that permanence of it, that you're creating an artifact, is, is interesting. Well, um, keep in mind that film, as film, has been around for over a century. Mm-hmm. So the way to archive it, to maintain it, to keep it, uh, has been well known for a long time. In the digital world, that's not necessarily mm-hmm. true. And even in, 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 in my commercial wor- world, um, when I, and I was at it for many years, we made the transition from shooting on motion picture film to videotape. And all of the work that I did on videotape has either uh, disappeared or is um, unreadable. unreadable. Yeah. Um, uh, and yeah. so, you know, that's a really good question. And, and, and I, I quite frankly worry about what happens to the amazing amount of digital photography that's being done right now, which is why I encourage everybody, get it printed, put mm-hmm. it in a book, um, update it if you can, but more than anything else, get prints made because that original could be lost. Uh, we're talking with Stephen Seeley. We have another break coming up. Let's take the break now, and then when we come back, you mentioned off the air you wanted to talk a little bit more about what you've learned about McKeesport and a little bit more about what the next steps are with the project you're working on with Dwayne Michaels, okay? 
We'll be right back in 30 seconds to wrap things up. Support for this broadcast comes from the City of McKeesport Fair Housing Office. Fair housing is your right, and the Fair Housing Act prohibits discrimination in housing because of race, color, national origin, religion, sex, gender identity, sexual orientation, family status, or disability. That includes renting or buying a home, getting a mortgage, seeking housing assistance, or engaging in other housing-related activities. For more information about Fair Housing Act protections in the city of McKeesport, call 412-675-5020, extension 635. Stephen Seeley is our guest. He's an independent filmmaker and cinematographer. You can find out more about him at silverlakefilms.org. We've been talking about his work and his career, but also about the project that he's been working on in McKeesport. Actually, the second, I don't know how you count, but you did a film called Dwayne Land, and that was in 2004? Mm-hmm. And got some very good reviews on that. That was following uh, internationally known photographer Dwayne Michaels to some of the places where he had grown up uh, in McKeesport. You, you are 20 years later now revisiting and, and working again with Dwayne Michaels on, on a film uh, set in McKeesport. Well, when we made the film in 2004, um, and you could find it on YouTube mm-hmm. right now, it's Dwayne Land. Um, it's in the public domain. I urge people copy it, share it, send it around. Uh, I know that it has been used in just about every art museum in the world. Um, and a lot of colleges and universities use it in their photography classes. Um, and I think the reason that they love that film is because when you watch it, you'll want to grab a camera and go out and make photographs. And, and that's something that's an enthusiasm that Dwayne brings to people. And that enthusiasm is, a, uh, is something that he brings to his love about his childhood home, um, McKeesport. And I think anyone from our area, the Pittsburgh region, Western Pennsylvania, knows that a lot of our communities have gone through relatively difficult times. In Traumatic times in, in Traumatic some cases, times. yeah. And um, McKeesport, of course, is no exception. Um, but it still has, um, I, I think for many of the, the, the citizens that I've talked to or uh, veterans of McKeesport, people that have moved away, it still has a romantic attraction. The fact that it was an industrial city, um, as Dwayne has said and so many other people, the, score, the skies turned orange at night because <laughs> of the stillmaking that went mm-hmm. on all around it. But But I think also that that ethic, uh, that get it done. Uh, we have a job. There's something we need to do. That that Western Pennsylvania, Pittsburgh, Yins, or whatever that is with us, that just um, just makes us decide to get it done. And and um, you know, when I, I I when I talk to Dwayne, and keep in mind, as I said earlier, he's going to be 92 in mm-hmm. February. He's still working. Oh, I know. Yeah, he's doing projects every week, some of them really difficult, bringing in actors and actresses, building sets. Um, it, it, it's it's uh, uh, beyond lifetime achievement. I, I think what he's doing is building a, a legacy that um, is going to be really impressive. But in all of that, he wants to leave something for McKeesport. And I, I think that that's... Um, that's a good question. If 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 you were if you wanted to leave something behind in your hometown, 
first of all, what would motivate you to do that? <laughs> right. And then what would you leave that would be significant? What would you leave to, that would be important? I mean, uh, I guess in our lives, we all look for things that are important primarily to us and then to others that we love. But um, that's the question that Dwayne is pondering right now. What do I leave? Is it a, is it a physical thing? Is it a plaque, a memorial? Uh, is it a, uh, a piece of art? Uh, what is it that I leave? And then why am I leaving this behind? From what I've seen too, and, and, and I've been kind of in on the fringes of this project, I should admit that, that, um, uh, Tube City Community Media has been one of the fiscal sponsors uh, of this project. So there is a conflict of interest for me. But from what I've seen, he's gotten a very warm welcome. I don't think he's had too many doors closed on him. In fact, as I mentioned, it was standing room only. And they, as he was telling stories and, and showing his films, it, people were just, they were just sitting there with their, you know, chins on their hands, just enraptured. I mean, part of that's him. Like you said, he's got this enthusiasm that is very infectious. Well, in 2004, when the film was shown at the Regent Square Theater, um, which has three, which had 300 seats uh, for four shows, uh, it was sold out yeah. standing room only. He attracts a crowd like that. Yeah, um, and he gets he gets young and old. He gets black and white. He gets you know uh, everybody. He seems to, to, like you said, draw a crowd that they get caught up in his enthusiasm. Well, uh, that's true. And I think the reason for that is because of his humanity. Yeah. Dwayne is someone that truly loves where he is, uh, the people around him, the subjects of his work, and uh, the creative adventures that he involves himself in every day. You went out on a photo safari, and we're just about out of time here, but you went out on a photo safari with him and some other photographers a few months ago. Uh, where are some of the places that you visited, and what were some of the things that they took pictures of? Uh, that was uh, uh, it was an interesting adventure because the uh, the uh, it, it was organized by Richard Kelly, one of the premier photographers that I've ever met, uh, and uh, a Pittsburgher, um, and it was... Um, uh, a, a two-day or three-day event. I think it was three days. And it culminated with a whole group of photographers getting together at Cary Furnace and actually being extras in a film that Dwayne was producing. It was a, it was a spoof of uh, Shakespeare's Hamlet, is it not? It was very rough spoof. It was Dwayne Michaels' version of Hamlet. Yeah. It, when this, project, this was a Hamlet as a short order quote. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, so when when this project is is the film that you're currently working on with Dwayne is is nearing completion, where will we find out about it? Certainly, we hope you'll come back and talk to us again. But should people visit SilverLakeFilms.org, or how will they find out more information? I I think that. Um, considering where that film will eventually go, uh, it's probably going to go on a streaming platform yeah. that we choose so that it will be accessible to everyone um, who does not have to pay for it. We want we want the world to have access to it. And can people help you? Do you need help? Does Dwayne need help with this, either in, in time or, or contributions? Um, we have been favorably looked upon by some foundations. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, and okay. we'll continue to, to do that. 
uh, but um, we're not looking for contributions, gotcha. but we are looking for support, as every, any filmmaker does. And and how long? Another year? Another two years? How long do we think? Uh, I would say at least a year. Okay. Okay. Well, hopefully we'll have you back in a year. Stephen Seeley is a filmmaker and cinematographer headquartered in Pittsburgh. He is part of the Video Consortium in Pittsburgh, videoconsortium.org. Uh, he has been a social worker, a education leader, a commercial filmmaker, uh, a steel worker for a little while at the Duquesne Works. Uh, now you can find him usually behind a camera, or you can contact him at silverlakefilms.org. Stephen, thank you so much for coming down here to talk with us today. Oh, you're very welcome. Thank you. And thank you all for listening this week to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, broadcasting usually from the Tube City Center for Business and Innovation in downtown McKeesport. On Radio 81 WEDO, 1550 and 101.1 WZUM, the Pittsburgh Jazz Channel, and Tube City Online Radio. So long for now. You've been listening to Two Rivers 30 Minutes, copyright Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Opinions expressed on this program are not those of Tube City Community Media Incorporated. Listener support makes this program possible. If you'd like to make a tax-deductible contribution, please visit our website at tubecityonline.com and click on the donate link. You can also get a free subscription to this program and other podcasts at our website using Apple's iTunes or Stitcher.com. If you've got a question or comment, we hope you'll write to us. Our address is Tube City Community Media Incorporated, P.O. Box 94, McKeesport, PA, 15134. You can email us at TubeCityTiger at gmail.com or call us at area code 412-614-9659. And you can find us on Facebook and Twitter at Tube City Online. 